glad you have joined us today. We believe God's going to speak to you, that he's going to move in your hearts. And uh, so get your Bible, get something to take some notes with. Uh, and uh, we're going we're gonna to jump into the word here together. Uh, in fact, if you have a, a copy of scripture with you, go to Romans chapter 12 is where we're going to start today. Romans chapter 12. We've been in a collection of uh, conversations here at Faith Church about how our mindset, it matters a great deal. And I think uh, today in our current climate in our society, maybe now more than ever, our mindset matters more and more every single day. And uh, we want to have a mindset that is in alignment with the truth of God, truth of his word. Um, and uh, I believe that as we allow that to happen, something good is is going to take place, and so uh, we're glad. We're, we recognize that this is an ideal. Our, our uh, propensity is to always gather. Our preference is to always be together. Uh, we don't like having to make adjustments and shift around and not be able to gather in one space, but we want to honor the authorities and the recommendation of the professionals and even our government that has recommended and asked to limit large gatherings, and so we're, we're doing our very best to walk in uh, honor of those things, and uh, we're grateful for technology that allows us to stream and have church in your home or on your drive or in your kitchen table, wherever you are. Uh, we're glad that, uh, that you're there. Romans 12, starting in verse 1. This is what the Word says. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Why? Because this is your true and proper worship. In other words, self um, being willing to say no to your selfish desires, to be willing to step out of your comfort zone, to be willing to use your physical being, taking your everyday life, that's the proper way to worship, the proper posture to worship. He goes on to say, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, his pleasing, his, his perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think more of yourself or more highly than you ought to, but rather, instead, a better mindset to have is this. Think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. I believe that we are called to shift the culture that's all around us. I believe that culture has its own set of thinking, its own pattern of thinking, if you will, uh, its own mindset. And I believe God wants us to shift our mindset to not be in alignment with the way culture is thinking, but to be in alignment with what God wants, what he's desired, what he's pushing forth, allowing the truth of God's word to transform our mindset. Because wherever our mind is set, that is the direction that we are heading in, in our life. Um, but if we're going to change or shift the culture around us, it has to start first by changing the mindset and the culture within us. It has to change in us before it can change around us. And if we're trying to change around us without changing what's going on within us, then we have the wrong mindset and the wrong, wrong priority. See, culture has constructed certain mindsets for us to 
pattern our life after. Culture has created this pattern of thinking that says, right now in this pandemic, it's time to panic. But I believe we need to choose a mindset of peace, and his name is Jesus. Uh, the, the construct of the mindset of the culture right now is self-preservation. But I believe we need to choose a, a, a selfless service to the world that is around us. We need to use caution. We need to use wisdom. But where there are people in your life that you know who have needs, I think it's time that we step up and say, how can we serve you? Uh, how can we uh, get, come to the rescue, come to your age? You need groceries, I'll bring you groceries. You need us to watch your kids for a little while, we'll watch your kids for a while. You need some extra toilet paper, I'll hook you up. <laughs> I think we need to have a different mindset than what's been constructed from our culture. Our culture has a consumer mindset, but I believe God calls us to have a contributor mindset instead. I think a lot of times this idea of having a consumer mindset, it's, it's pretty evident in our world. Um, and we don't really have to look very far beyond our own homes to see it in action. In fact, it starts showing up at a very young age. Uh, in my children, there will be times where I will look and I'll notice that toys are on the floor upstairs. And I will ask one of my wonderful three children to take said toys downstairs. And uh, they immediately respond, I didn't bring it up here. That's not my mess. I didn't do it. It's not my fault. That's not fair. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, my children have a consumer mindset. They have not yet learned that it is better to be a contributor than it is to be a consumer. They are cultured and already begin thinking from a young age. It's normal within us, no matter our age or stage of life, to, to have a bent or a proclivity or a natural bend towards being consumers rather than being contributors. I think we live in a culture that is very much consumer-based. Oftentimes we have a, a constructed Christianity around consumer-based Christianity. Now, I want to be really clear. I don't think all consumerism is bad. I, I don't think it's wrong to, to, to consume and to be aware that you are a, a, a consumer. I, I don't think it's all bad. In fact, uh, we all actually come to church or come to Christ because we need to consume something. See, if you didn't have a need to receive forgiveness, then there is no need to follow Christ. There is an element of consumering that we must do. It's not wrong to receive a gift, to receive something, and to be on the receptive end of something good and gracious and wonderful. Uh, I think, th think about it, many of you uh, probably started coming to church for very practical reasons. Maybe it was a service time that was convenient for you. Maybe it was on your way and you didn't have to drive very far to get there. Uh, maybe uh, it was a real practical thing like you have friends that attend that church, so you started to attend that church, right? Why? Because it's convenient. There's a, there's a practicality that meets a need. There's a practicality that meets a need. It, maybe uh, for you it was more of a personal preference rather than a practical reality. Maybe the personal preference was I like the style of church building. I like the style of worship. I think the preacher talks in a way that I can understand, and so I really like this, and I like that. Like, like I don't think all of consumer mindsets are all wrong, but if we live our lives cemented in a consumer mindset, then I think that we're missing the point. And we're not, we have the wrong 
mindset. I, I am convinced that God gave us the local church to help reset the pre-programmed mindset within us. I believe that God gave us the gift of his word and the church and its spiritual leaders to help reset and reshape the mindset that naturally grows in us. There is something good that occurs when we sacrifice and spend time serving others. And the church is a body and an environment where we can naturally find momentum and like-minded people who want to serve others as well. And it helps grind away the selfish consumerism that naturally grows in the dark places of our heart. I think God gave us the local church for that reason. There's, there's something that occurs when we do that. It, it sharpens and, 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 and smooths away the self-centered way of thinking that many of us live with. The key is to shift our focus off of worshiping ourselves, our desires, and our convenience to beginning to worship God the way that he says to. To begin to do as Romans 12 says, to offer our beings, our lives, our livelihood as worship to God. As a way of saying, God, I'm not going to worship the idol of selfishness. I'm going to worship the God and Savior of the world. There, there's, a, there's a shift that begins to occur. And, and so we have a place, it's called the local church, that allows us to safely combat the consumerism that is natural within us by creating an environment where we can become a contributor instead of a consumer. Our, our mindset here at Faith Church is that we are committed contributors, not casual consumers. We are committed contributors, not casual consumers. Would you say that with me out loud here as well? We are not, uh, or we are, ha, <laughs> I gotta say it right myself. <laughs> Rewind. Hey, would you at home say this out loud? And would you here say this with me? Ready? Let's go. We are committed contributors, not casual consumers. The question is, if God has given us the gift of the local church to be a safe environment for us to combat this cultural mindset, then how can we move beyond consumerism to contributor? How can we move from being a consumer to a contributor? Well, I want to look at Philippians chapter 2 as kind of a, a proof text and a, and a, and a contrast of Jesus' life with maybe how we naturally live our lives and maybe grab a few thoughts along the way that will help us move from consumer to contributor. Philippians chapter 2, you can turn there, it's in the New Testament. Um, and so you, if you were in Romans before, just turn to the right a few pages and, uh, and you'll find it there. As well, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. This is, what, this is what scripture says. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Everybody say like-minded. By being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Everybody say, one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition, nor vain conceit. Rather, 
in all humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. That tells us not to fight over the hand sanitizer at Walmart. If you have one, let somebody else get one. Right? Like not looking to your own interests, but also look out for the interest of other people in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset. Come on, somebody say mindset. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Look at this. Rather, he made himself nothing by emptying the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. In other words, the limit Christ was willing to go in not being a consumer but a contributor to humanity was death itself. You know, we feel a little inconvenient because we can't gather in one place and we're all on line in different spaces and uh, we're sitting in a, in a lobby right now and it's not our normal Sunday routine and it, it's kind of throwing maybe some of us off. We feel a little inconvenient by it, but did you know that the local church um, for all of its existence has been under suffering and persecution? Has, has had to face inconvenient moments. And every time the church has been faced and pressured with inconvenient moments, that crucible has created a new way and a new momentum that unleashed the gospel to spread even further and to do more. Every time the church has been under persecution, it thrived. Why? Because it had to get out of its own comfortable way to experience a new dimension of Christ. Jesus emptied himself and became obedient to the calling, even to death on the cross. Therefore, God then exalted him in the, to the highest place and, and gave him the name that, that is above every name. And at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every virus must submit. Every disease has to change its course. Every attack must cease. Why? Because at the name of Jesus, everything must bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue will acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In other words, when a world is grabbing for anything, I think it's time for the church to have a mindset of a contributor and we become hope dealers. Let's become hope dealers in our day, contributing to the cause of Christ rather than consuming in our own way. Verse 12, therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good pleasure. I think that if we're going to move from consumer to contributor, we, we have to recognize that God is looking for progress, not perfection. That like we'll never arrive at a place of perfection until we get to heaven. And until that time, we're all going to be in progress. And because our relationship with God, our faith is in progress, we have to continue to work it out. 
Hey, if you're sitting near somebody or in the chat box, why don't you type, type somebody's name and tell them work it? Go ahead, tell them. If you're sitting next to somebody, tell them, hey, you got to work it. Tell them to work it. Tell them to work it. Tell them to work it. We got to work it. Listen, as you work out your faith, as you work out this consumer mentality, and you work in a contributor mindset, I think that as we do that, we find new capacity for God's presence in our lives as we work past our comfort zones. I think we always have to be willing to work past our comfort zones to move from con consumer to a contributor. I want to read you a story of somebody in our church. Her, her name is Jessica, and she shared this story with us, and I, I want to read it to you. This is her story in her own words. God has used this church to build me into the, per to, uh, into the person he wants me to be putting the right leaders before me to build my own leadership skills, to be more confident in who I am through Christ Jesus, also giving me a place to belong and have unity with other women who I know are true friends, women who will pray with one another, go to battle for each other, and carry each other's burdens. I'm still a little terrified of public speaking, to be honest, but I'm more brave now than I ever was. I actually pray in front of people now, something that fear kept me from for a long time. God gave me a safe place to come out of, quote unquote, my shell because it was holding me back. I needed the encouragement from Megan to start huddle and to lead others in our room in prayer. And even if I was scared to do it, fast forward to now, I have recently, just within the last week, had four different ladies I communicate with daily ask me to either help them start reading the word or to start a Bible slash book study with them. Before, I would have been intimidated, but now I'm like, let's do this. I know it's not about me, but what God is doing through me, and it's exciting. There's a long journey ahead for sure, but I am on fire for God right now, and I pray it doesn't stop. Isn't that amazing? Something about starting small where you're at to begin to contribute begins to grow a new capacity to see what God would do. Whenever you're willing to step out of a comfort zone, to say no to the things that are whispering to you, the fears that are trying to hold you back, and you say yes to pursuing Jesus, you know what happens? That capacity is filled with the boldness and the life of Jesus in a new way that allows you to grow and to be a contributor, not just a consumer anymore. I, I wanna share three things with you that I think are gonna help you that, that we see in Jesus's life and I think that we see in the story that we just heard about Jessica and, and can be true in your life and I know is true in many people's lives and I know that it's true of my life. I wanna share with you three things this morning to help you move from being a, co a consumer to a committed contributor um, to the cause of Christ. Number one is this. If you're gonna move from consumer to a contributor, number one, you have to silence the critics. You have to silence the critics. You have to silence the culture around you that will criticize your commitment. They're, they're going to they're gonna criticize the fact that you're not putting your kids in travel sports so that you can prioritize being a part of the people of God and the house of God on the weekends. They're, they're going to criticize how you manage your money. See, the culture wants to tell you to manage your money and live beyond your means. 
But when you look at the truth of God and you, you begin to shift your mindset, you begin to realize that God wants you to actually live with margin. He wants you to live below your means and manage your money differently. Well, that seems crazy to the culture around us. That's counterintuitive to our culture because we just want to consume, 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 and we have something that we call consumer debt. That's crazy in our lives. And it crushes and cripples out the actual call that God wants us to live in the way he wants us to do. We have this consumer mindset. We have to be willing to silence the cultural critics that say you can't really change. It's not really worth it. Don't believe in God. That's a crutch. You don't need faith. You need science. I say you need both. God is bigger. And if you're going to move from a consumer to a committed contributor, it's gonna require that you silence the critics in the culture. You're gonna have to silence your inner critic. Oh, I don't know if you deal with this, but I know I do. My inner critic is really loud, really sarcastic, and always seems correct. Man, my inner critic is loud. Can I, can I just tell you, when you start to take a step out of your comfort zone to serve God, maybe to join a serve team, uh, maybe uh, if we have to do this online stuff again, we're going to ask for people to officially open their home and to have watch and worship parties with a small group in their home. And you might be like, oh, I'm not qualified to do that. I could never step out. Of, nobody would ever come. I could never do this. I could never do that. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. Listen, you'll never be qualified. We don't do this because we're qualified. We do this because God calls us. We follow the calling, not the qualifications. It's Christ in you that is the hope of all glory. It is God at work in you that gives you the power. It is working out your salvation a little bit with a little fear, like, I don't know if I can do it. But it's okay because Christ can. And when you step out of your comfort zone and silence your inner critic, you're going to see God show up in a greater capacity than you've ever known before. You just have to be willing to take the step and silence your inner, inner critic. I want you to know that if God is asking you to take a step out of your comfort zone, he will always give you the grace that you need for the task that's in front of you. God will never leave you abandoned or outside of his comfort or outside of his grace. His grace will empower you to be and do all that he is asking of you to do. It's not about your qualifications. You need to tell your inner critic to chill out. Shutteth, thoueth, uppeth. It's okay to say shut up if you put it in King James language. We have to silence the inner critic in us. We have to silence the religious critics that say that's not how church is supposed to look. That's not what it means. That's not how you do it. That's, that's not the right way. You need to follow this rule and 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 this rule. Listen, it is your belief in Jesus that gives you room to follow him. It is your belief in what he's done at the cross that gives you permission to take a step out of your comfort zone and to begin to be a contributor. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter your context. It doesn't matter your history. If Jesus calls you to do it, then you can do it and you can tell the religious people to chill out and shutteth thoueth upeth to it <laughs> there are religious critics that speak to me and a lot of time my inner critic is a religious critic where it's all about what it looks like rather than what you're intending where it's all about performing and perfection rather than authentic progress 
I think we have to be willing to, to silence the critic. Did you know criticism has a language? Or, or excuse me, did you know that your critics, uh, the, the language of criticism is that of comparison? Let me say it that way. Criticism is the language of comparison. And so if people are always criticizing you or if you are always critical of others, you're actually in the trap of comparison. And that's a consumer mentality. Consumers are always comparing things and criticizing things. I believe God wants to speak a language of honor. God wants to speak a language of possibility. God wants us to speak a language of faith. Listen, when it comes to, to your calling, don't start comparing your gifts. Use them creatively to leverage it for the gospel of Jesus. Don't start comparing how you're doing it to somebody else. Don't get trapped in that criticism or that critical heart. Recognize that if God is calling you, leverage those skills and those gifts to do all that God has called you to do. I think we have to silence the critics if we're gonna move from being a consumer to a contributor. Second thing I think what we need to do is, is number two, is this, we need to serve the consumer. <laughs> if you're gonna uh, uh, move from a consumer to a contributor, we have to be willing to serve the consumer. Serve the consumer, why? Because we all start as consumers. We all come to church because we needed hope. We all... We all came to church because we needed encouragement, because we needed something life-giving, because we were tired of living isolated and alone and full of doubt and anxiety and stress. We all came and started as consumers. And so we serve the consumers. Yeah, but, but, but pastor, it, it sounds like you're, you're talking about like all the outward stuff. And why would we, listen, God always wants to meet us at our starting point. It's true, God is looking at our heart and our motives and so when we serve God, we serve God with a pure heart and pure motives. But man does look at the outside. And if we're gonna reach people, we need to take care of what's on the outside. We need it to feel like something that's good. We provide worship experiences here at Faith Church because we want it to be comfortable. We want to meet the consumer right where they are. We want to open the doors. We want to provide a, a great environment for the kids that it's distraction-free. We, we want to meet people right where they are. Why? Because where they are is a consumer. Where they are is that place. So we're going to serve them with that in mind. That's why we have high standards here at Faith Church. We don't want to do ministry in a sloppy way. We want to be prepared. It's, it, why? Because there is strength that is found in our standard. Think of it like this. The more people that are living according to the standard, the stronger the message resounds. One of the big marks of the people of God or the church is that they're hypocritical. Why? Because there's changing standards. I don't disagree that people are hypocritical. But it's not just a Christian problem, it's a human problem. The problem is we always are moving the standards to fit our consumer convenience rather than raising a standard and sticking to it and allowing God to strengthen us. Think about it in your workplace. If there were no standards for how your work should be done, if there were no standards for how a car should be put together, we would all be living in some really sloppy messes, wouldn't we? But there's a standard operating procedure. And everyone together, when everybody rises to meet the standard, there is strength that is found in what comes from that place. What comes from that? In a team, if everybody plays to the same standard, when you raise the standard and you do it in unity, what happens? There is strength 
in the outcome. There is strength in the message. So as people of God, when we show up to serve in the house of God, we show up with some standards. Why? Because standards, do they require our sacrifice? Absolutely. But we're not willing to give God anything that doesn't cost us something. Why? Because he's a king fit for everything that we could give him. So we're not going to do things in a sloppy way. We're going to do things with a high standard. Why? Because it's, there's something to that. Now, now, I'm not talking about we're trying to create a performance where we're going to sacrifice substance for style. This isn't some fad that we're trying to create. This isn't some gluten-free version of Jesus that has no substance to it. <laughs> we're going all in. We're going with it. We're, we're going to give him our very best. Excellence is not a performance. It's a diligence towards a standard. Excellence is about seeing to the details that allows us to experience the presence of God without distraction. Why? Because excellence actually brings us a sense of comfort. Because when you recognize that things are excellent and wonderful, it allows you to be at ease. You know why I love Chick-fil-A? Because I know the standard of excellence that I'm going to experience every time I go there. You know why people worry about coming to church? Because they're not sure the standards that that church has. And they're a little uneasy. Will my kids be cared for? Will I have a place to park? Will somebody help me find a seat? Will they judge me? Will they criticize me? All of these uneasy feelings are in people when they come to church for the first time. But you know what helps disarm that? Excellence. Excellence. You ever walked into a hotel that wasn't all that clean? Did you sleep very peacefully that night? <laughs> ever walked into a hotel that was like five stars, everything smelled good, felt good, looked good, and it was so crisp and clean and excellent? You slept like a baby that day. Why? Because excellence disarms our defenses. Friends, when we serve here at the church and we do it with excellence, you know what we're trying to do? From the parking lot to the, to the row where they sit, we're wanting to disarm their defenses so Jesus has a clear shot to their heart. We want the presence of God to penetrate every heart every time we come together. And excellence is the way to do that. And we do it by recognizing that people are coming to church maybe for the first time to consume because that's where we all start. So we serve the consumer. We serve in a way that is allowing them to feel comfortable in our hearts. You know, when, we're, we're, when you're a committed contributor rather than a casual consumer, you want to know one of the indicators in your heart that an empty seat becomes a really big deal to you. See, to a consumer, an empty seat means, oh, this is nice, I, I have my personal space. But to a committed contributor, an empty seat means that there is a soul that could be missing Jesus today. See, for every empty seat, we recognize that that means there's a person not hearing the message, not experiencing the presence of God for themselves this day. So for us, an empty seat is a huge deal because it represents somebody's soul, somebody's life, somebody's family that isn't experiencing the life-giving message, the life-transforming message of the cross of Jesus Christ. When you see an empty seat in the church, do you feel like, oh, that's the best place to sit, I can be more convenient? I can be more comfortable now? Or do you see it as like, ah, there's still room for me to invite somebody else. There's still room for my coworker. 
There's still room for my, my coach. There's still room for my teacher. There's still room for my classmate. There's, there's still room here. An empty seat is a big deal to us committed contributors. If we're going to move from being casual as a consumer, which is where we all start, to being a committed contributor, you, you, know, you know what's going to happen? As we begin to serve the consumer. We start there and we begin to serve there. We silence the critic. We serve the consumer. And number three is this. We steward the cause. We steward the cause. We steward the cause. If we're going to be committed contributors, we're going to steward the cause of Christ's church. We're going to steward the cause of the cross. The starting point for us is to begin serving in the local church. But hear me, the cause of Jesus is greater than this building and this location. But this is the starting point. This is when people start to serve on a serve team, our hope is that they grow and they develop skills and they get comfortable and they realize that this is a safe place to serve and to develop and to learn excellence and to learn how to pray with people and to learn how to worship and to learn how to read the word and to learn how to, how to journal and to learn how to develop something in their own heart. Why? Because when you start here, it grows. And when you recognize that you're stewarding a cause, it's bigger than a church, but it shifts culture around you, but it starts here. It starts here. We recognize that. And we, we without apology, Sounds way want everybody at Faith Church to be on a serve team. Why? Because when you participate on a serve team, you're, you're learning to steward the cause. You're learning to develop skills. We believe that this, the house of God, is the safest place to learn how to do ministry because we're not going to bash you when you do it wrong. We're not going to be like, oh, you didn't really pray that prayer real good in huddle. I'm going to need you to pray again, please. <laughs> That's not how we do it. Uh, excuse me, uh, we don't lift our hands like this. We lift our hands like this. This is the proper way to lift your hands. Like, like we're not here to be critical. We want to help coach you and equip you. Why? Because we all want to steward the cause and we want it to recognize that it goes beyond these walls, but it always starts in this house. This is the starting point for us. This is where we're at. We want it to grow and to develop. Why? Because when you get confident in the cause and the calling here, then you will be more likely to live it out out there in your workplaces, in your school environments, in, in the shopping malls. It starts here, but it goes there. And, and this stewardship of the cause, uh, it, it starts with the standard here so that we have strength to share it out there. See, when we steward the cause, we have we, not me language that we use. It's not like the church is doing this, they're doing this, the pastor did this, but we saw over 150 people saved in 2019. We uh, get to experience the life-giving presence. We get to do church online in our homes, and so we are opening our homes to invite other people in small group settings to come and worship and watch together. We as a church are doing this, just not me or them. It's a we, not a me thing. Why? Because we steward the cause. Why? Because the call is bigger than one of us. 
It takes all of us to reach one more. This church is not built on the talents of a few people, but on the sacrifice of many committed contributors who steward the cause together. It's what we do. Why? Because we are casual consumers. We just have a mindset that says, that government, we are committed contributors, and we are going to steward the cause together. Not on our own, not to be showy, not to do it according to our preference. We're going to do it according to the standard that our church is asking us to do it at, and this is where we're going. This is how we're going to do it, and it's a we, not a me and my preference thing. Why? Because we're not consumers. We're contributors. We're going to engage with what we're doing. If the church says, hey, we're going to do this, we say, sure, sign me up, let's go. That's what I love about our church is that if we say, hey, we're going we're to try this, awesome, let's do it. Hey, let's try this, awesome, let's go. And we engage and we contribute and we're there and we're a part of it. We want to be ambassadors in our culture of the real Jesus. When you begin to steward the cause, you begin to recognize that I can move in a way that allows me to, to represent the real Jesus everywhere I, I go. God isn't looking to do, um, God, God does not want us to do big things. Hear me. God's not asking us to do big things. He wants us to become big people of faith. He wants us to be people with big faith that steward the cause that Jesus has for us. Friends, I, I want us to move from being a casual consumer to a committed contributor. It's not going to happen overnight, but it starts when you silence the critic, when you decide to join the, the mission and serve the consumers, and when you recognize that it's a we, not me, and, and you steward the cause that Jesus has called our church to. I think we all can take a next step this week. Here's a real practical thing to do this week, and I want to challenge all of you to do it, and that's this. I want you to list maybe five things that you could do to serve someone else without thought of them trying to repay it back. Just, just list five things that you could do. Then pick one of them and do it before next Sunday. Could be send somebody a thank you note. Could be a, a call. Could go make a house visit. Could help somebody uh, drive their kids around during spring break this week. It could be uh, any number of things. Make a list of five things that you could do and then just pick one of them. Maybe do it all together as a family. One thing that you all could do this week to serve somebody else in the name of Jesus. And just give it a shot and see what God does. Is it gonna require you to step out of your comfort zone? Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. But every time you step out of your comfort zone, God meets you there. He does something new in your heart. He expands your heart. God wants more from me and from you. God, God is not interested in the performance of our lives, but rather in creating space that allows his presence to fill our lives. You want to allow your life to be filled with the presence of God no matter where you go in culture? Make the decision to no longer just be a casual consumer as a Christ follower, but become a committed contributor. Start to contribute, give, serve, Invite people. 
Start praying on, the regu- on a regular basis. Start doing something in a small way that may require you to step out of your comfort zone. But watch what God does in your heart as you make this shift from the cultural mindset of a consumer to a Christ-centered uh, conviction of being a committed contributor. I, w- I want you to think, think about this just for a second. What if, what if Jesus decided to respond like, like a lot of us would in saying, well, that's not really my thing. That's not my toy. I didn't put that there. Well, it's not really my mess. I don't have the virus. I don't need to do anything about it. It's not really my preference. I don't need to do, what if Jesus took that approach to the cross? What if Jesus took the approach that says that sin issue, that's not me, that's all of them. They're the ones dealing with lies. They're the one that's bound in sin. They're the one that's far from God, not me. I'm comfortable in heaven. I'm here with God. What if Jesus took the consumer mindset? He would have never left heaven. He would have never emptied himself. He would have never taken your place on the cross. He never would have taken my place on the cross. We would be in a place where we would be lost and separated from God and not in a position to receive the hope of God had Jesus not left heaven to get on the cross for you and me. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. I say we live like Jesus and look at other people's mess and say, oh, they're so lost. They're, they're consumers. I get it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve them anyways. I get it, they're, they're, they're hurting and broken. I'm gonna reach out and help them. I get it, people are, are a little confused and, and they don't know and they're not comfortable coming to church and so I'm gonna do everything I can to create an environment that allows them to engage. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna be a part. Why? Because an empty seat is a really big deal. And we're gonna do everything we can to move the cause of Christ forward. Easter's coming up, friends. We're going to have a great opportunity to invite people. You're going to have a, a great opportunity to, to minister. Over the next few days and weeks, you're going to have an opportunity to pray with people in your workplace who are bound by panic and fear. Just step out of your comfort zone and pray with them. Step out of your comfort zone and share a scripture with them. Step out of your comfort zone and invite them to church. Invite them to your home. And, and if we have to keep doing this, we're going to keep doing this. And we're going to stay, com- stay connected with us, stay engaged in the communication channels because we don't know what the future looks like. But we know the one who holds the future. We don't know what's going to go on and how we're going to be able to contribute. But you know what we do know? that we are going to steward the cause, we're going to silence the critic, and we're going to serve the consumer because we are a people that are not full of casual consumers, but we choose a mindset to be committed contributors to the cause of Jesus Christ until we reach one more. And one more after that. And one more after that. We're not building a big church. We're deciding to empty the population of hell together. We're going to populate heaven and take as many people with us as we can. Let's be hope dealers in these next few days. Let's be committed contributors, not casual consumers. Can we pray together? Would you bow as we pray? Jesus, I thank you that your word has come into our hearts and 
Lord, while there may have been distractions in the home or technical issues or uh, it was just out of the normal for us. Spirit right now is bringing comfort and peace and ease and, and helping us to recognize that the cause of Jesus is greater than our comfort zones. Lord, help us to silence the inner critic. Some people, Lord, they've been wanting to participate. They've been wanting to invite somebody. They've been wanting to pray with, with a friend or a neighbor, but Lord, they've been crippled by fear. I pray, Lord, right now by your spirit, you would infuse them with your power to move beyond that comfort zone. And Lord, at that step of faith, you would meet them right there. God, I pray that we would be a church willing to step out of our, our own way, to, to stop being consumer-minded, but being contributors in our mindset. Lord, like Jesus, we would be willing to empty ourselves of ourselves, of our selfishness, and be humble and serve someone else this week. Help us to do that. Help us be hope dealers, God, as we exalt you and lift your name high. And God, we don't know what the, the future holds. We don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow or the news. It seems like the reality of our culture, it's changing minute by minute, second by second. And so, Lord, may we stay vigilant in prayer. May we stay committed to your word and hold fast to the standard of the convictions of pursuing you first. May we be people of faith and not of fear. God, as we do the socially conscious thing and maybe limit interaction, may we not isolate our lives, but instead stay engaged. May we stay committed to our connect groups and gather around your word and worship you this week. And may we see you transform our lives one by one by one. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. amen. Hey, we love you. Uh, stay tuned on social. Uh, make sure you, you stay alive. Keep checking your email, your text messages. <laughs> stay alive. I said that right. Yeah. Yeah, stay alive. That would be good. If we can do anything, reach out to your small group leader or the church. We'd love to help and serve you in any way we can. You can give online today if you'd like and participate in that way in your worship. We love you, and uh, we'll be in touch this week. Bye, everybody.